How can this dog's tongue save a life? Is this one of the oldest breeds known to man? Is this the most decorated dog in history? Is this breed one of the most popular for showbiz? Does this dog have a nose for finding turtles? Dogs 101 celebrates man's best friend. Today, the Cardigan Welsh Corgi, the Boykin Spaniel, the Bull Terrier, the Saluki, the Norwich Terrier. And we start with a breed that is part wild Australian dingo, the Australian Cattle Dog. Looking for some canine chutzpah? Enter the Australian Cattle Dog. These are really hard-nosed dogs. Need enduring friendship too? Australian Cattle Dogs don't disappoint. They are devoted, dedicated, loving, very loyal dogs. With some famous human dads. I'll just say that a lot of hot guys have Australian Cattle Dogs. Like Matthew McConaughey, Mel Gibson, and country singer George Strait. It's a good bet these manly men are drawn to the athleticism of these rough and tumble working dogs, which were bred with one thing in mind. They are what the name implies, great at driving cattle. Or in this case, sheep. But it's no secret where this robust and intelligent dog calls home. The Australian Cattle Dog was developed in the 1800s in Australia. Australian settlers needed a dog with stamina to drive cattle long distances across rugged terrain. Their solution? Cross Blue Merle Collies with the Australian Dingo. The Australian Cattle Dog has long had a penchant for nipping at the heels of livestock to drive them forward. And so today, this hardy herding dog is also known by two other names. One is the blue healer, and the other is the red healer. Blue and red refer to this medium-sized dog's rain-resistant double coat. The outer coat is dense, straight, and lies flat, so rain beads off it. And the coat can be bluish-gray or brownish-red. And while some Australian cattle dogs are plain-faced, many conjure up pirate imagery because they're sporting a mask. There might be a mask over one eye, which is sort of you know, like a very striking appearance, or the double mask. And this feisty breed has a long, undocked tail with a slight curve and good brush. On any given day, you can find this Australian cattle dog playing a simple game of fetch. But on one remarkable day, two-and-a-half-year-old Blue made his breed proud. I have a newfound appreciation for Blue, and it's because he stayed with my daughter. He saved her life. On a warm February day, Diana Bench and her three-year-old daughter, Victoria, were simply enjoying the sunshine outside their central Arizona home, while their two Australian cattle dogs played nearby. Diana ran indoors to use the bathroom, and within minutes, her world turned upside down. I'm walking out of the house. I'm over at the swing set area, and I'm shocked. I'm like, she's gone. An hour before darkness approached, and wearing nothing more than a t-shirt, pants, and sneakers, Victoria had wandered away. She quickly became lost in the miles of desert wilderness that surrounded her home. I had really no idea where my daughter was. It was just one terrifying moment. Ground Unit 1, Frank 18, Code 500. Search and rescue crews scoured the area, but there was no sign of the little girl, and it was getting cold. 
The good news was that there was no sign of Blue either. If I couldn't be with her, I was hoping that my dog Blue was with her and that he was keeping her warm by some chance. As temperatures dipped into the low 30s, authorities were hoping the same. The way she was dressed was definitely uh, not conducive to uh, getting her out of there without hypothermic issues. But at first light, 15 hours after she was lost, a search and rescue helicopter had great news. We found her, we found her. Less than a mile from home and her buddy Blue right by her side. The dog was kind of moving in circles around her in the general area, would not leave her. Victoria was a bit dazed and her legs were a little scratched and swollen, but she wasn't suffering from frostbite or hypothermia. The heat of Blue's body kept her warm on that frigid night. And everyone in her tiny town of Cordes Lakes, Arizona, knew just who to thank. This dog was just absolutely a hero for this little girl. It was amazing that he had protected her and stayed with her the whole night. In my mind, the dog, it's, it's a rock star. Even though that dog probably knew exactly where he was and could have wandered home, he chose to stay with Victoria, and I think that's a pretty special, special dog. Come on, Blue, you're a super, super dog. These days, Diana and Ernest never forget what Blue did one cold night to protect their only child. I think Blue is a very good hero, and I have fed him steak. If you're thinking of bringing an Australian cattle dog into your home, think carefully. These dogs can adapt to different environments, but demand a high level of physical activity. Two to three hours a day of vigorous exercise for this dog. They're relatively healthy, though. The average lifespan of the Australian cattle dog is 15 years. However, deafness and blindness are known to affect the breed. Grooming requirements are low, but the short-haired dogs may need a bath more often than most dogs just because they tend to play rough. Training should be a rewarding experience, though, because these pooches are highly intelligent. But if you have children, be careful. These high-energy dogs could nip at their heels. On the other hand, once they settle on a favorite family member, they're devoted to the end. To review, the Australian cattle dog needs vigorous exercise regardless of where it lives. It's a generally healthy dog that's easy to groom and train, but because of its herding instincts and high-energy personality, it might not be the best choice for families with small children. If you've got an active lifestyle and you're looking for a canine companion to go the distance with you, the Australian cattle dog just might herd you right into its heart. This is one dog that might know how to walk like an Egyptian. It's one of the oldest breeds in history. The Saluki's been traced back to the 6th millennium BC. The breed's survival is not surprising considering how revered they were in ancient Egypt. In fact, some Salukis were mummified along with royal human beings and found in ancient Egyptian tombs. And in Muslim regions where dogs were considered unclean, the Saluki earned the name El-Hur, or Noble One. And this one is considered a gift of Allah. The breed spread to England in the late 1800s, where they were known as Persian Greyhounds, due to their resemblance to the other speedy sighthound. It's an easy comparison to make as both breeds share the same long, slender frame, a build that allows them to be great runners. They're very lean, muscular animals. The Saluki has two different coat types, a smooth variety with short, silky fur and the more common feathered variety. So there's all this long hair around here and long hair growing tufts behind their legs and big flowing tail. 
And Salukis have extra tufts of fur on their paws, which help protect their feet while running on rough terrain. Strong running ability is a necessity for these dogs, who were originally bred to hunt gazelle. Take a closer look at the Saluki's gait as he runs. It's what's called a double suspension gallop, when all four feet are off the ground as he extends and retracts his legs. And sometimes these built-for-purpose hounds just run for the fun of it. One major reason for that great endurance is their heart, which is considerably larger than most dogs. As a conditioned runner, the Saluki's heart beats at a slower rate. This allows each pump to supply a larger amount of blood and oxygen to the body. If the Greyhound is the sprinter of the dog world, the Saluki is the marathon runner. The heart of a Saluki is also large in one community. And today, with one dog in particular, this is Ramsey's. I really don't think Ramsey knows he's not a lap dog. If he's comfortable, it's okay with him. If you're not comfortable, that's just too bad. <laughs> Good boy. In the past three years, Vicki Blair and her husband Jim have become the owners of four Salukis, Ramsey's being their third. Vicki grew up revering these beautiful dogs, but because they are such a rare breed in America, she was never able to find the right time or place to own them. All that changed when Jim was transferred to a small town in Illinois, Carbondale. And I said, where is that? What amazed Vicky about her new home wasn't its location, but its local denizens. Salukis on the street, front lawns adorned with Saluki images. Vicky didn't move to just any town. Carbondale, Illinois is home to Southern Illinois University and its mascot, the Saluki. There's a lot of bears and tigers and lions and things like that, but when you say Salukis, people automatically know that you're talking about Southern Illinois University. Throughout Carbondale, the Saluki is an inescapable presence. From the many Saluki owners to the use of the Saluki image on all things related to the university. All the alumni carry their Saluki pride. I am Brandon Jacobs, running back for the New York Giants, and I am a Saluki. I get asked what's a Saluki probably three times a week. My answer next will be me. In the 1950s, the university adopted its first Saluki mascot, King Tut. Now that honor rotates among the many Salukis in town for each home game. We started to use uh, individuals in the community who owned the Salukis and then bring them out to the ball games. Today, Ramses has been selected to be the mascot for the Southern Illinois baseball game. It's a special moment for Vicky in what is always a fun occasion. It's very thrilling. Everybody's there and pumped up and ready for the game. Actually, the dogs are too. Ramses proves that he's a great mascot for the team and a joy for the fans as well. Even the children absolutely love him. For Vicky and Ramses, it's a special bond they share in this Saluki haven. I enjoy being with him. I enjoy playing with him. He is just a very important part of my life. The Saluki is adaptable to most environments. However, it's important to provide them with a large area to run that's enclosed by high fencing. More of these dogs are killed by car accidents than ever die of disease. Salukis have a life expectancy of 12 to 16 years, but are prone to some health issues like eye problems, some cancers, and hypothyroidism. The Saluki's coat is just one layer, making grooming moderately easy. 
The Saluki is known to be aloof and cat-like, making training a challenge. Their reserved personality can be a good fit for some families, but that sighthound nature and skittish temperament mean they can also become nippy. So they're not necessarily the best breed for a family with small children. This ancient breed is adaptable to all environments, but needs a safe place to run free. They can be prone to some eye and thyroid issues, but are otherwise a healthy breed. Salukis are not difficult to maintain in terms of grooming, but they're not easily trained. As a result, they're not suggested for first-time dog owners or for families with small children. But if you're looking for a beautiful dog with the heart of a champion and the ability to run for a long time, the Saluki may be the historic hound for you. The Norwich Terrier, small, spirited, and foxy. They're short, little terriers with cute little faces with a foxy expression. Because of their cute appearance and trainability, these little guys are popular in Hollywood and TV commercials. Their famous fans include top interior designers like Jonathan Adler and Betty Lou Phillips. But these tiny terriers are not low maintenance, and they're one of the few breeds to give birth by C-section. They have very small litter size, and because of that, the puppies tend to be on the bigger side, so we have to surgically remove the babies. The Norwich Terrier came to America from East Anglia, England. Some think the breed is descended from the Irish Terrier, although the exact history is unclear. They were developed as barnyard ratters and later used to flush foxes from underground. Small enough to be carried, these feisty canine companions were placed on the ground during a hunt. They can be pretty willful. <laughs> what this terrier lacks in size, it makes up for in personality. High-spirited and charming. Don't confuse the Norwich with a lapdog. You are not going to pick up a Norwich terrier and have tea and talk to your friends. The Norwich terrier is sometimes mistaken for the closely related Norfolk terrier. But one physical characteristic that sets them apart are prick upright ears and the Norfolk, the ears fold over. And that's the only difference between those two terriers. They have a coarse, wiry outer coat with a softer coat underneath. With an average height of 10 to 12 inches and an average weight of 12 pounds, these pint-sized pups are one of the smallest terriers. And there's an old adage that's certainly true for designer Leela Rose and her dog, Stitch. Good things come in small packages, but definitely describe Stitch. I would say Stitch is kind of a darling. At 10 inches and 17 pounds, Stitch is not only a darling, he's a darling of the fashion world. Whenever models come up, they always want to see Stitch. With terrier tenacity, panache, and that foxy face, Stitch has been charming the famous and the fabulous and living it up. Laura Bush is one of his biggest fans. Both former first daughters, Barbara and Jenna, love him. Mariska Hargitay, Zoe Saldana. He's gotten lots of love from Kristen Bell. As you might expect, Stitch lives in style in downtown New York City, of course, in a stunning 6,000-square-foot abode. Stitch definitely has the run of the place. He gets to do whatever he wants. This is what doggy dreams are made of. From the red carpet closet to the dining room table that disappears into the floor, leaving more room for running, to the Stitchovator, his very own in-house transportation. Stitch has never done stairs, and I don't think ever will. Okay. 
unless they're fully carpeted, but no, he really doesn't do stairs. Stitch, let's go. Stitch wasn't always a city dog. He got his start on a Texas farm where Leela adopted him at five months. I just fell in love. And this country dog didn't know what to make of the Big Apple. He'd never seen concrete. He'd only been on grass. He was petrified of everything. As the constant companion of Leela, he lets the good times roll. Stitch leads a pretty fabulous life. He goes pretty much every place that I ever go. Every day on a custom-made tricycle, Stitch rides through Manhattan with Leela to work in New York's garment district. People see him in the bike all the time and ask, does he ever jump out? And I always say, he'd have to walk then. Of course he doesn't jump out. His workday is a busy one. He kind of mans the office. He hangs out with the sewers in the morning. He hangs out with me in the afternoon. He loves to sit on bolts of fabric. If there's a bolt of fabric laid out on the ground, Stitch will figure out how to nestle right in into the fabric. The shoulder needs to be slightly lifted. From model fittings to meetings. Okay, Stitch Poo, pay attention. This fashionista has his finger on the pulse. But it's not all work and no play. Back home, it's party time. Stitch is definitely a party animal. Any food that drops on the floor is definitely his favorite part of the party. While this dog may have trappings that many humans would envy, he's true to his terrier nature in his affection. Stitch's favorite part of his life is just being around Leela all the time. It's riding in the trike. It's getting to go everywhere. Honestly, Stitch is my first child. Every big thing in life, Stitch has been there for. He's just my little guy. Just like Stitch, Norwich Terriers are suited to apartment living but they're full of energy and don't want to sit around. They're generally a healthy breed, but in addition to cesarean births, they're prone to a few health issues, including back problems, eye disease, and upper airway syndrome, a respiratory disorder. Grooming a Norwich Terrier is a bit tricky because of their double coat. They require regular grooming and a trip or two to the groomer for hand stripping. They pluck the older part of the coat out, and that can be a little bit expensive and time consuming. These dogs have spirit and spunk, but training is not difficult with good ground rules. They've got to know that you're in charge. The Norwich Terrier is good with children and makes a good family pet, but they're not for homes with pocket pets, which could be mistaken for prey. So in general, the Norwich Terrier is a spirited little dog who could do well in an apartment with regular exercise. They're a pretty healthy breed. Grooming requirements include some professional grooming, and Norwich Terriers are good for families with children, but not for homes with pocket pets. It's just a, a stunning dog to look at, and in a very short little package. They're smart little dogs. You're looking at the Boykin Spaniel, a dog bred by South Carolinians for South Carolinian hunters. The dog actually was developed in part to be able to travel with hunters in their boats, and that's part of why the dog has the nickname of the dog that doesn't rock the boat. These dogs are so loved by the state of South Carolina that not only are they the state dog, they have their own official day. September 1st is actually Boykin Spaniel Day in South Carolina because it's the first day of duck hunting. And twice, South Carolina has used an image of the Boykin for their popular duck stamp. These affectionate dogs are a relatively new breed. 
In fact, the boykin can trace its origins back to a pair of strays found in South Carolina in 1905. So they mate Dumpy, who's a male, with Singo, who's a female, and lo and behold, there is the boykin spaniel breed. And the first thing people fall in love with is the boykin spaniel's beautiful liver-to-chocolate-colored double coat. They have a coat that can go anywhere from being sort of slightly wavy to sort of super curly, almost like a poodle, except it's got a softer, more silky texture. Another striking feature, the Boykin eyes. They have the most beautiful yellow amber eyes against the brown liver color. And the Boykin spaniel has a soft mouth that won't chew up or destroy the things it retrieves. Finally, the Boykin is an extremely intelligent dog. These dogs can even be trained to find an ancient reptile on the brink of extinction. Yep, that's right. Meet a pack of Boykins that are helping to save turtles. Say, we love tennis balls, but we're easy on turtles. It all started with a hike in the woods. All I said was, Buster, what's that? And he walked up to the turtle, and he smelled it, and he looked at it, and we continued our walk. And just a few minutes later, to my amazement, he came running up to me with one gently held in his jaws. Owner John Rucker was amazed when each walk became a turtle hunt for Buster. And almost immediately, my second one, uh, Sparky, it was just monkey see, monkey do, and he started finding me turtles too, and they got very competitive at it. Soon, the entire family of Boykins was hunting turtles without ever harming a single one. Not far away in Tennessee, another John, John Bird, was beginning a study on box turtle populations. John loves box turtles and is worried human development could drive them into extinction. Turtles have been around for over 200 million years, and what they can't survive is uh, human activities. They cannot survive habitat destruction. So John partnered with several universities to begin a large-scale study to find solutions to the problem. But collecting the data he needed turned out to be harder than expected. We would send out a team of students, and they would intensively search for box turtles. And as it turns out, that's a real challenge. Students were only finding about one turtle for every four hours of searching. And John Bird knew there had to be more out there. That's when he got wind of the turtle dogs. I was fortunate enough to uh, run into John Rucker at a conference over in North Carolina, and he agreed to bring his dogs over and help us. The Boykin pack began working alongside the students, and together they were suddenly finding four to 12 turtles in one hour. Another beautiful female. You can see the dogs love their job as they eagerly sniff out these critters. And of course, the dogs never hurt a single turtle. The dogs are soft mouth. The turtles represent a prize to them that they're going to get a reward for, and that reward is going to be hugs and kisses and praise. Each turtle is caught, weighed, measured, and then released. If we didn't use the dogs, we'd never find these turtles. The dogs are so cute, very efficient workers, and always a blast to work with. Thanks to the Boykin's keen sense of smell and desire to please, the turtle study is a success. And John could not be prouder that his dogs are part of something important. Without my Boykins, my life would be dull. I could probably do my fly fishing on my own, but everything else pretty much depends on them. 
Like these turtle dogs, all it takes to train a Boykin Spaniel is some time and energy. They're very interested in interacting with you, and that's what training's all about. But like most sporting dogs, Boykin Spaniels need to be active. They thrive on it, so they may not make the best pets for an apartment dweller. One thing you have to remember is to take care of their ears. They have those long, floppy ears where moisture can get trapped and tend toward infection. You have to be careful about keeping them clean and dry. With proper care and attention, Boykins will usually live 14 to 16 years. And in that lifespan, they make good companions. Loyal, loving, great family dog. One way to bond with your Boykin is during grooming because it can take a little more time than with some other dogs. So it's on the way to being difficult. To sum up, Boykin Spaniels are high-energy dogs that need space and stimuli to thrive. You have to pay extra attention to their ears, and brushing them thoroughly once a week will help keep their coat in great shape. The Boykin is eager to please and therefore easy to train. Finally, Boykin Spaniels make good pets for all types of families, including ones with children. I honestly think that I would risk my life for my Boykins just as any mom or dad would do for their children. That's good for him. Each breed is wonderful in its own way, but some dogs go above and beyond to show us their devotion and bravery. That's why we're honoring these pooches with a segment all their own. And now it's time to meet today's wonder dog. Roselle is more than just a good dog, she's a guide dog. Her owner, Michael Hingson, has been blind since birth. She has been my buddy and my friend uh, ever since I got her. We have a very special relationship. And even right from the beginning, she was very confident in her job. Michael worked for a Fortune 500 computer firm located on the 78th floor of the World Trade Center. On September 11, 2001, Roselle's guiding abilities and the strength of their teamwork would be put to the ultimate test. Our first indication that something was wrong was we heard kind of a muffled explosion, we felt the building shudder, and then it began to tip. His co-worker David described what he saw to Michael. He started shouting, there's fire and smoke, we gotta get out of here, we need to get out of here right now. And sitting next to me on my left side was a dog who was wagging her tail and yawning and not indicating that she felt in any danger. They took to the stairs, encountering many frightened people on the way. People stopped and froze on the stairs and said they couldn't go on, and literally we had a group hug to get them started. In the most intense situation of their lives, Roselle and Michael worked together to lead, and everyone followed. As long as she was doing what I asked her and she was behaving in a calm way, then I knew that I could trust her, and likewise, she knew that she could trust me and that I wasn't afraid. It is all teamwork as we work together wherever we are. Finally, 45 minutes later, Michael, Roselle, and his thankful co-workers made it out. She saved my life and I saved hers. She focused, she did exactly what I would want her to do, uh, and I think she's a great companion. Way to go, wonder dog, Roselle. You're a good girl, yes. Which ancient hound jumps high and broad just like the rabbits he hunts in his homeland of Spain? It's the Ibizan hound. The ability to jump over rough terrain makes this deer-like dog a great hunter. The bull terrier has been described as a three-year-old child in a dog suit. Busy, busy, busy. What can I get into? Keep me entertained. 
The clownish antics of these dogs have drawn fans that include the powerful, President Theodore Roosevelt had one, the royal, England's Princess Anne has two, and the famous, the dogs themselves. Most well-known, maybe Spuds McKenzie, who reigned as the spokes dog for Bud Light. Spuds McKenzie was actually a female dog, and she didn't like beer. Of course, dogs shouldn't be drinking beer, but that's just a side note. As the name implies, the Bull Terrier is part Bulldog and part Terrier. They were bred in 19th century England for the then popular pastime of dog fighting and were called the gladiator of the dog world. But they were disappointing in the ring. They were actually pretty successful, however, in the rat killing ring. In 1850, an English dog dealer created the White Bull Terrier, which became a fashionable pet. A cross between the old bull terrier, the English white terrier, and other breeds, rumored to include Dalmatian, Collie, and Borzoi, resulted in the smaller, more elegant dog we know today. Today, these personable dogs come in a variety of coat colors, but are most easily identified by their egg-shaped head, which slopes to a Roman nose. Scientifically, their unique head shape is due to the fact that the bull terrier's skull has no indentations in the dorsal ventral nose bend, so the skull is rounded and sloping. Another unique feature, their triangular eyes. They are the only recognized breed to have them. The Bull Terrier is not a big dog. Their average weight is 45 to 50 pounds, and it's mostly muscle. Pound for pound, the Bull Terrier has more muscle than any breed of dog. The whole package adds up to one charismatic canine. Case in point, Rufus, who could be the most decorated dog alive today. Can we just have some quiet time? In 2005, Rufus, a bull terrier, won best in show at the National Dog Show, then did it again at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show in New York City. Rufus lit the Madison Square Garden on fire. Winning both is like the same team winning the Super Bowl and the World Series in one year. And now, wherever Rufus goes, fans follow. That's Rufus. Hi, Rufus. Hey, you can pet him. You can pet him. He's gentle. It's no surprise to Barbara and Tom Bishop, they knew Rufus was a standout the minute they saw him. He was phenomenal. He was just a great little puppy. We wanted a dog that we could show. We decided that, oh my goodness, this bull terrier is just amazing, and took him home right then and there, and the rest is pretty much history. Rufus's history is impressive. He's the top winning bull terrier of all time. Rufus started showing when he was about 11 months old and pretty much started winning once he stepped into the ring. Five years ago, Rufus retired from the show ring, but this superstar was not ready to relax. Would you like to meet him? These days, Rufus, like most retired celebrities, spends his time as many do, maintaining his strength, what are you gonna do for this? Playing, basking in the adulation of fans. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, he knows he's a celebrity. <laughs> and donating time to pet causes. Today's appearance is at a library near his New Jersey home for a local organization called Mardog, which promotes dog parks and responsible pet ownership. He's even cooler in person. We wanted to do an event with celebrity dogs, and I said, Rufus, yes, Rufus. And Rufus is the consummate pro. 
He enjoys posing with the people. He sits there. He just really enjoys the social interaction. Oh, is that cute? Rufus definitely delivered. He's an ambassador for the breed. Late into the evening, this 10-year-old ambassador will wind down. <laughs> just another day in the life of a retired legend. He's my heart, you know, he's the love of my life. It's clear that like Rufus, these delightful dogs have charisma and are great companions. But they're an active breed and will do well in an apartment only with vigorous daily exercise. Bull Terrier puppies must be checked for deafness. They are also prone to a myriad of health issues, including heart and kidney problems, slipped kneecaps, skin allergies, epilepsy, and OCD. You'll see bull terriers chasing their tail, although that might seem kind of funny, it's really OCD. Grooming is easy. They have a short, dense coat that only requires occasional brushing. These are smart dogs with strong personalities. Training will be less of a challenge with structure and consistency. I don't think a bull terrier is a dog for a novice to own. And they're loyal dogs who become attached to their owners. They do well with an active older family who can provide companionship and supervision. They just have too strong of a personality for a lot of kids in the house. So in general, the Bull Terrier is an energetic dog who will do well in an apartment with regular exercise. They have a list of health issues, but grooming is a breeze. They make delightful companions and a good pet for active families with older children. is cute as all get out. This furry little fella is the Cardigan Welsh Corgi. The Cardigan Welsh Corgi is fun, fun, fun. Big dog in a small package. Corgis come in two flavors. There's the Cardigan Welsh Corgi and the Pembroke. The Pembroke Corgi is the one without the tail. And their personalities are different, too. Cardigans tend to be a bit more tenacious. Um, they tend to have a little bit more drive than the typical Pembroke. But what's really unique about this dog is his low, long body. They basically look like a dog who was just cut in half. And these courageous bundles of energy love to herd and are the shortest dogs in the herding group. And they were bred to be so short so that if a cow tried to kick them, the hoof would go right over their head. Not only is this breed really old, but it's fairly rare, too. The Cardigan Welsh Corgi came from Cardiganshire with the Celts to Britain in 1200 BC. Here's what you get with a Cardigan Welsh Corgi, a double water-resistant coat whose hair is coarse on top and soft underneath. The fur is actually thicker around their neck and their rear legs, so it kind of gives them a very unique appearance. The dogs have large ears that are erect and lightly rounded at the tip. And their body is long and strong, with a prominent breastbone. So some people have called this dog the yard long dog because it measures approximately a yard from the nose to the tip of its long, bushy tail. Welcome to scenic Cape May, a gorgeous ocean resort town located at the southern tip of New Jersey. Thankfully stuck in a beautiful time warp. And nestled in amongst the splendor is a pretty special seven-year-old Cardigan Welsh Corgi named King Tut. I love you. Tut is Marilyn's dog. You love me too, huh? Yeah. He's affectionately by her side every minute of the day. What up, 
But King Tut isn't the only corgi lapping up all the attention. Marilyn's daughter Wendy has a corgi too, named Jimmy Choo. Together, the two little buds make sure business runs smoothly. At the Cape May carriage stop. And every once in a while, Tut and Chewie get to cruise the town, riding co-pilot while taking in the sights with their mommies. They love getting on the carriage, they go for rides, and everybody knows them. They're pretty much famous in Cape May. But while this all looks like everyday resort town fun, for King Tut, this is serious business. He has saved Marilyn's life on several occasions. King Tut is a very special Cardigan Welsh Corgi who lives here in beautiful Cape May, New Jersey, and he's made it his job to take care of his mommy, Marilyn, every day. Good boy. That's a boy. So such a good boy. Marilyn is diabetic and has had life-threatening hypoglycemic episodes. He does not like to go and leave me. Even in our small apartment, he always positions himself where he can see me no matter where I go. He's a very serious dog. But thanks to King Tut's super-sensitive little nose, he's saved the day and her several times. There have been times when her sugar has dropped to the point to where she could have slipped into a coma. In fact, the first time Tut alerted Marilyn that something was dreadfully wrong, she was sound asleep, dreaming that she really was dying. He came, put his paws on my shoulder, and woke me up. I thought he had to go out, stood up, and almost fell down because I was so hypoglycemic I couldn't function. I don't know what I'd do without him. He knows I love him, <laughs> and I know he loves me. He shows it every day, and I try to show it to him. This is your special coat that you wear because you saved my life. King Tut has since saved Marilyn's life many more times and is now an official active service dog who travels with her all the time. But he wasn't trained to do this. He just has a nose that knows. And Tut checks Marilyn's sugar levels constantly by licking her and kissing her all day long. At least every 15 minutes or so, Tut checks on me. Uh, he just always checks. So if you ever find yourself in Cape May, New Jersey, keep your eyes peeled for King Tut. Are they corgis? Yes, they're cardigan. Oh, they're adorable. Saving lives and riding carriages is a pretty good life for these lovable little pooches. It's a great light for King Tut. He spends his days at the carriage stop. Sometimes he gets a ride in one. It's a great life for me because I'm alive. And while Tut loves the beach, most corgis can live anywhere. But remember, they are a herding breed by nature, so they need exercise. And while these doggies do have a full lifespan of 12 to 15 years, they're prone to back problems. So you want to make sure that they don't jump up and down on furniture into the car because that's going to cause them to have a back problem. As for grooming, brush regularly using a firm bristled brush. Being highly intelligent, they're trainable, but it may take time. And they'll make a good pet for families with older kids, but they may try to herd younger children. So in general, the Cardigan Welsh Corgi can live anywhere but needs exercise. Because of their long, low backs, they can have back problems. Grooming should be done regularly.
And they can be stubborn but trainable. As for being a good pet, they are, but do best in families with older kids. So to recap, the Australian cattle dog was bred to help farmers round up sheep and cattle. Today, this loyal breed is still popular on the ranch, but may want to herd small children. The Saluki is an exotic sight hound known for its speed. It comes from the Middle East and is revered in the Muslim world. The Norwich Terrier is a smart breed, popular in commercials and in movies. The Boykin Spaniel is a fine hunting dog bred by outdoorsmen in South Carolina. They're so loved in that state that they are the official dog of South Carolina. The Bull Terrier is a tough-looking dog that luckily was a failure at fighting, but a success as a pet. Spuds McKenzie helped sell beer, and Rufus was the most decorated dog of all. The Cardigan Welsh Corgi is a unique little dog bred to herd big animals. Today, it's mostly a lap dog. Remember, each individual dog is unique and may not conform to breed standards. If you're adopting a dog, do your homework and check out PetFinder.com to search for specific breeds near you. And choose your next best friend wisely.